streamlining backend processes so much that you're able to launch into a whole new market and redirect your marketing strategy, plus getting the most out of your software tools. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. In today's episode, we're getting into how you can make the most of those tools that sit around the back end of your business. We'll be talking about inventory management tools. We'll be talking about postage tools. We'll even get into some customer service tools, but this isn't, but nowhere near as dry as that makes it sound because my guest today has found ways to to both use those tools to massively streamline his business, but then really squeeze every last drop of data out of them so as he can further enhance both the marketing that they're doing and how the team are operating in order to really, really enhance the business. It's really quite inspiring. We're going to get into all that in a moment or two, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. They're built for retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, purchasing, accounting, and even retail business intelligence, all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl. And now to introduce today's special guest. Nick Ernst is the co-founder at Snap Supply, an appliance replacement parts specialist who serve both the consumer and the wholesale markets. Founded in October 2017, they are now doing over 9,000 orders per month. Hello, Nick. Hey, Chloe. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. Uh, How did you get into e-commerce? How did you start the business? So... I worked for a company called PDQ, and they were in the appliance parts industry. And after a lot of evaluating the market, where things were going, I started to push the idea of being on places like eBay and Amazon within the company. And over time, it just was not being accepted. And so the owner asked me, uh, well, if you think it's such a great idea, why don't you give it a shot? And so from that point forward, I have been pushing Amazon and the e-commerce world with the appliance parts that we have today. Oh, of course. It's kind of like a, uh, an evolution of PDQ 
Yeah, there's a PDQ and a second brand called Exact Replacement Parts. And so we work directly with them and buy our products through them and their manufacturers uh, to offer it direct to consumer at a private labeled brand. That's Prism and Snap Supply. Very cool. And um, you said you kind of started off with the eBay and Amazon. So is it now, you know, was it a long time before you built the your own website or was that something that came quite early in the mix too? So just because of, uh, I'm 33 and I grew up on the web, I knew that a website was the best option to start with. So I actually started with Shopify and to simplify things, I use their built-in integration tools to push all the listings I created in Shopify directly into eBay and Amazon and manage the orders directly through Shopify in the beginning. So it was actually the first step in the process. Oh, wow. And you just went with the, let's just do it the simple way with Shopify and wait until we find the problems with that before we before we put something more solid in place. Yeah. You know, I had convinced them that I was going to have this small little space in the warehouse that was like five feet. And so I had my inventory sitting there labeled. And on my lunch break, I would run out there, you know, fulfill an order. PDQ and ERP, I should say, is a family business. So my brother was working there as well. And so we would just, you know, on our lunch breaks, run into the warehouse, fulfill an order really quick via Shopify and Amazon. Nice. So properly right from the very, very beginning stage, I know a lot of the listeners will be very familiar with the trying to balance the generating sales and actually dispatching them too. So where in the world are you now and where are you selling to? So we're located just outside of Chicago in a town called St. Charles, Illinois, and we're currently selling on our retail website, a wholesale website, Walmart, eBay, and Amazon.com. Wow. So plenty of channels to be keeping on top of. Yeah. We've got a really great tool called BrightPro that helps automate everything. It manages our inventory and orders across all platforms. So it really makes it easy for us. Because that is always the challenge, isn't it? You know, Number one is getting the listing set up on all those different places, but then it's the inventory side of things is where things can really fall over because you don't, you know, if you just disappoint the customers on Amazon and eBay, you you risk all your whole business on that space. If you disappoint your consumers on your own websites, be they the wholesale or the or the uh, the actual consumer consumers, then you you know you you risk really annoying them and giving yourself a load of work and potentially losing them as a customer as well. So getting that inventory right is absolutely crucial. Yeah, being two people starting out with full-time positions, it was really important for us to have an organized process for things. So straight from the beginning, trying to keep things in order was just a must, especially when you're dealing with Amazon, having processes for everything. And as we've evolved, you know, Bright Pearl has made that possible for us to balance all the orders coming in, the returns, the invoicing, all of that stuff while keeping a pretty small staff. And of course, the other thing is once you've got the inventory sorted, if you've got it all coming through one platform, then the process of the picking, packing and dispatching becomes a lot more streamlined on your side, doesn't it? You're not using multiple different printers. It all just comes out and doesn't really matter where the order came from in the first place. Yeah. So not to go too too much on a tangent, but prior to Bright Pro, we were spending uh, between 40 and 60 hours a week just manually entering orders before they would get to the warehouse. So one of the biggest issues for us was actually 
getting that paper printed in the warehouse before 3 p.m. when the UPS or the post office would be there to pick up. So having something like Bright Pearl that automatically feeds this stuff directly into the system and pushes it directly into the warehouse, we're actually now paperless. It's all done on computer. All of our packages are pre-packed on the shelves in one unit box, plus a few that are, are loose in case people buy more than one item. You know, you can pack probably 100 orders or ship 100 orders in an hour by yourself. So just, you, you said something there, which I thought was really fascinating, is that you you have the product ready to essentially slap a label on it and go on the shelves. You're not picking something, putting it in a box, labeling it up and going. It's literally packaged and ready to go right there and then. Yeah. So everything's in a shippable box, um, ready to ship. And we literally just print the label with a little attachment that's about an inch long that says the location and quantity. So do you get it from the manufacturer in those boxes? So literally you take it off the pallet, put it on the shelf and it's ready to go. Or are you doing like a batch process as a pallet comes in that you're prepping it for going out again before you put it on the shelf? Yeah. So Bright Pearl has a couple different inventory management systems and they give us a great insight into what products we're selling and how much whether it's in quantities or one or two or five, whatever that may be. And so we actually get it in pallets and box it ourselves. We have a couple manufacturers that know we sell on Amazon and have certain restrictions, like it has to come bubble wrapped. And so we pass some of that stuff off onto our vendor, but we keep our shipping costs cheap by using the palleted version. So it comes in in bulk bubble wrap for us. And then we just slide it into a box and tape it shut. Very clever. I like that. And I I hope that some of our listeners are going, that's a very interesting way of doing things. If we did things like that, then we could get rid of some of those kind of spikes and those dull periods in the warehouse. You know, so when when it's a dull day, you can have everyone boxing and then it speeds everything up when you've actually got to ship things. Yeah, my life was pretty hectic prior to Bright Pearl. And until we had Bright Pearl, that was what made that really possible for us because most of my time was focused on where we at in the order releasing process. Where do I need to be to help out? Okay, I'm going to jump into the warehouse after lunch and I'm going to help pack things to get things uh, shipped. Once Bright Pearl came into place and eliminated the order process, it gave me time to just stand in the warehouse and look around and say, what are we doing here and how can we speed things up? Um, And it just comes down to having the time to evaluate, seeing what tools you have with the software. We have ShipStation. I spent a lot of time trying to understand what their bulk shipping processes are like. And so we do batch shipping where literally we know all of our SKU, let's say A, is going to be in box 12 by 12 by 3. Uh, so we can literally drag all of those boxes or those uh, SKU A orders and just hit print, uh, and it'll print with our preferred shipping method. Nice. I can I can see you've done a lot of work on the streamlining that back end side of the business, which I think you know, like you said, it has. You have to first off get it to the point where you're not having to dive in and do parcels because it's taking that step back. You know, standing on the mezzanine floor and watching everything happening, which is where you you can first identify where the issues are is um, you have to kind of have that helicopter view. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, so Nick, you mentioned Shopify earlier. Are you still selling on Shopify? Yeah, so we we have the retail uh, side of Shopify, and we also have a second storefront. That's the wholesale. Both are powered by Shopify and love it. Excellent. And um, what does your team look like? Obviously, there's a whole load of people beavering away in the warehouse, saving you and your brother from from packing these days. But who else is on the team? So believe it or not, we only have one person in the warehouse after a bunch of these changes. And we have a total of seven people on staff. Uh, Most of it's customer service and sales. So are you doing the marketing yourselves or have you outsourced the marketing um, activities? We do 100% of all marketing and sales and accounting internally. Very nice. And uh, any particular areas that, um, that you're, you're really liking on the marketing front at the moment? So one of the things that I really think is an underutilized tool is YouTube. We utilize Facebook, Instagram to the best of our ability. But when we produce video content, uh, we don't market it. It brings the visitors that are most interested in our product and do the most amount of page views and checkouts. Just for clarity's sake, is that just organic YouTube postings? You know, you create the video, put it on your YouTube channel and income the sales, or is it also YouTube ads? Uh, we don't spend anything on YouTube ads. So it's literally just the organic putting it out there with uh, some good keywords that help show up naturally in the search engines. I can completely understand why that would work for you, because if I had a problem with my dishwasher, I certainly would Google it and I'd probably quite quickly end up on YouTube looking at someone fixing it to decide whether or not I could be bothered to do that fix myself. How difficult is this? How many screwdrivers do I need? So I can see that would be a really powerful powerful place to, to build that quick relationship to then get the sale. Yeah, when we do something, like you're saying, a lot of times it starts with a noise, you know, dishwashers making a banging sound. So creating a blog post that talks about a banging sound and what could lead it to to make that, as well as a video that explains the same content uh, with some simple fixes, uh, with some links back to the website. Uh, That's really what helps us grow without having to spend a ton on ads. Yeah, I, I've now got this vision of half of your warehouse space being semi-broken line of dishwashers, <laughs> another <laughs> line of kind of semi-broken uh, washing machines, and you're just trying to recreate the right noise on them so you can do the video. Is, is it like that or is it a bit, bit more, um, bit more uh, professional, I suppose? So we use Zendesk and it usually starts with frequently asked questions. You know, what are people reaching out to our customer service asking about using tags to understand what the customer is talking about so that I can pull a report and say there's a lot of people asking about a dishwasher and a noise and, you know, going through those tickets or voice recorded interactions and hearing what my customer service is talking about. Um, We also do Wednesday meetings where we talk about what what our customer service is hearing on a frequently basis and how we can solve it without having to have another interaction. I love that. So often we say, you know, you've got to listen to the customers. And I think people often think that that means, you know, creating some kind of forum or running a Facebook group. Actually, the data usually is already there, isn't it? It's like, just ask the customer service team, look at the way they're using the tools and the data you can get out of that. And there is answers 
to actually bring in new customers at the beginning of the whole process? Yeah, that's really what we try to focus on is how do we intercept the customer before they know what they want? Because a lot of it is model number specific. When you leave it to the customer to just kind of choose what they think they need, there's a good chance you're going to get a return. But if you can somehow get them in the decision-making process through some of this content that kind of guides them how to find the right product, you know, you're going to have a better customer experience and just a, overall a lower return rate and lower costs. Because I suppose you are, you're both making sure they buy the right thing, hence the lower returns rate and so forth, but you're also the voice of help as they go through the process. It's like, well, these guys clearly know what they're speaking about because they had the video that helped me or the blog post that helped me. So I think I'll buy from them because I know, you know, I, I know I'm going to have exactly the same part as is in the video and I'm actually trying to fix it. So it's kind of, it's kind of that double pronged thing. You're creating a better customer and you're building a better relationship with the customer. So they buy from you and not someone else. Yeah. It, it allows us, I mean, there is a value to creating content and having a trained customer service staff And so we're not the cheapest person and being able to provide them a service that they are appreciative for kind of justifies why they're going to buy from us versus someone else. Because I was going to say, you you know, you're keeping the customer service team in-house and from what you said about, you know, getting them to tag up Zendesk and learning from them what people are doing, I'm guessing there's a lot of knowledge your customer service team have because it's not all, where's my parcel? A lot of their calls are how do I use this? How do I fix this? I've got this problem. So is it kind of like a customer help desk more than just customer services? Yeah, exactly. So um, we have a lot of frequently asked questions that we use internally, you know, things that I know my customer service is going to experience. And, you know, here are some of the tools on how do you solve that. And that is part of our blogs and YouTubes is, you know, My service team knows they didn't know a lot about appliances, but now they do. You know, so uh, when when they ask me a question, you know, customers experiencing X, I make sure I walk them through it so that they understand what we're doing to solve it versus just copying, pasting what I told them. Um, So trying to use every interaction as a learning moment is really important to having a trained customer service staff. And we do it in our group chats. We don't do it on one-on-one. You know, so if I'm not available at that time, but another person in our team knows the answer, they're able to chime in uh, before I can get to it. Nice. And then of course, they're they're reinforcing their own learning as they teach someone else. So it's, you get that whole uh, kind of virtuous circle happening. And I feel like we've been focusing on the business to consumer side of what you do, but that might just be because I'm, I'm, I do far more business to consumer than I do business to business. But with the, the wholesale customers you sell to, who I, who I would assume, actually, let's clarify who they are. I would assume they are handymen and plumbers and tradespeople, or are they also physical retail stores as well? So we don't have any physical retail stores. You you hit the nail on the head with the servicemen. That's the, the vast majority of our wholesale. And I should state that wholesale is only about a year old. In October of this year, it'll be a year old. To take it a step further, back in March, I signed on with Bright Pearl. Right as we were closing down, I dotted the contract saying that I'm committing to a two-year contract with them. It was very scary. 
But once we implemented Bright Pearl and I was able to take that step back, I started to see that our team had extra time on their hand because we were spending that 40 to 60 hours doing order entry. You know, and I don't want to have to lay people off. So what did I do? I thought about how we can take the same team with the knowledge we have and start to apply it in a different format. And so that's when we created Wholesale. It gave us something to be more proactive versus reactive. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, Wholesale uh, will probably be about 5 to 10% of our business this year. So it's definitely a small but growing channel for us. And obviously, as you say, you can do kind of the outreach and you can proactively go and find the, you know, the service people who would buy from you. But I'm guessing that the customer service side of things and the content you're putting out there helps them as, and attracts them as much as it attracts, you know, the individual whose who's dishwasher's broken. You know, that's a good question to ask. And I haven't looked into that one too much because most of our customers are ones that we've proactively reached out to. Um, we've used things like uh, Yelp and Google to create a radius of businesses that we search for in that area. And then we document them in our CRM and use them as our leads to kind of send them a catalog, shoot them a call, see how we can help them. But that's a great question. I'm, I don't have an answer on that 100% if they actually use our content. That's right. I am occasionally here to add things to your to-do list rather than uh, <laughs> rather than pull things out of your brain. Um, yeah. So Nick, it seems to me like uh, I, I'm very fascinated to see where you where you take um, Snap Supply because I can see big things coming in the future. But but for me, I think one of the things which really ties together a lot of what we've been talking about is that you are very good at taking a tool that improves things like ShipStation, like Zendesk, like Bright Pearl. And then finding a way to squeeze additional data out of that tool, like with the Bright Pearl um, volumes of this product that each individual customer orders, which I've explained very badly, but everyone knows <laughs> what I'm talking about because they, they've heard the whole interview. Um, like uh, with uh, Zendesk, where you've got the team tagging things so you can see you know, common trends in what, what customers want to help with. It, it seems like you're, you know, you've been very good at squeezing the data out of this. So, if anyone who's thinking, "Gosh, I wonder if there's data in my tools," how do you, how would you recommend they start looking into that? So, there's a couple options. In the beginning, I used Google Ads, Google Analytics, and that's always great because Google Analytics is a free service. But even if you have Shopify, they have great dashboards. Just popping in there and seeing what statistics they're automatically pulling for you and pulling the full report and thinking about, well, what does this mean? Uh, what can I do with that? And that's that's really what it, it comes to is most of our platforms have that default dashboard of information. These companies have put it there for a reason because other companies have used it and found it uh, helpful. So I always start with the dashboard, think about it, and then see what other reports can be pulled from within that own area. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. 
Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com. Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. Their built-for-retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfilment, shipping, purchasing, accounting, and even retail business intelligence, all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl forward slash master plan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, well, Nick, you've already given us a lot of great advice so far today, but uh, I do love this particular section of the show because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Nick, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. Excellent. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? For me, it's the goal and it's about bottlenecks and how they trickle down further after you solve one. Nice. I like it. I haven't come across that one. So I shall have to look that one up myself. Uh, The traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So Google ads is my bread and butter. Uh, The merchant ads specifically with the pictures that really helps customers find the right parts. But also kind of like I talked about, YouTube is a great underutilized tool. Very true. I'm I'm a big Google Ads fan myself. Uh, Okay, the top tip, tool top tip even. Come on, Chloe, you've only done this many, over 300 times. The tool top tip, Nick. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? For me, it's uh, the G Suite tools from Google and Microsoft Teams. That's where we do all of our internal conversations. Everyone is in a different location, typically, uh, with the warehouse person. Uh, they're on it. Everyone's working from home. You know, So that's how we stay together. Nice. And then um, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? So this was one that took me quite a while to figure out. But for me, I focus on a few great items. And that represents a big part of my business. You know, just a few stats. My top 40 equals 85% of my sales. My top 10 SKUs represents about 60% of my, my sales. So focusing on what really drives the business and really trying to hone that with 
those Instagram posts, the content blogs that push to it, YouTube videos that talk about it, and any other marketing option out there. Uh, that for me was something that really helped us find our wind. I love that. Get focused, everybody. Um, Nick, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? So you can find us at snapsupply.us. That's our website. And then on social media, we're snapsupply LLC. Uh, so Instagram, Facebook, both snapsupply LLC. Nice. Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It has been really fascinating and enlightening hearing how you're using your tools and how you're using your data. And I can tell you've got a very razor sharp precision and, and line of focus on these things. So, so thanks for sharing it with us. It's been an utter pleasure. Chloe, thank you so much for having me. What a fascinating run through with Nick there. And just the way in which he's kind of gone to those tools that he's using and found ways to squeeze additional data out of them, to then use that data to streamline the processes and improve the content they're producing in order to both open up time in the team to create new sales and marketing opportunities and new growth opportunities, but also to direct where the marketing effort is is put. Um, and I thought, thought, you know, his final growth top tip around really zoning in on the items in your inventory, which are the ones that make the difference, was just it's something we hear you may you may hear quite frequently, the 80-20 rule and all of that, but it's hard to do it. But clearly getting laser focus there, Nick, is uh is driving um Snap Supply to some great things. Now you can grab the notes for this episode and the top tips, links to what we've mentioned and other bits and bobs by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. One of the bits and bobs you can also do there is add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So if you know someone this show can help, please, 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 please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.